All right, guys, well, welcome back. It's good to see everybody. Wanna say hi to everybody online joining us. Uh, man, it's been a long break, hasn't it? <laughs> Seven weeks, I think that may be our longest winter break, the way the calendar fell out, but man, it is, it's good to be back. Um, if you're a first timer at the gathering, man, a special welcome to you. Thanks for coming. Uh, we know it, at times it can be a little bit nerve wracking to walk into a place that maybe you're not familiar with. So uh, from me to you, uh, just welcome. We're glad that you're here. Guys, we're, we're, uh, you see our, our series is called Jesus, the Coming of the King. And so, you know, we, we sing these songs not uh, willy-nilly. Like, Jason and I get together, we say, like, what can we sing? What can we worship? And, uh, you know, after 2020, I, I, I found it funny that everybody was kind of like, oh, 20, 2021, January 1st, we started over. Like, not really. Like, it just kinda, it's just another day, right? Like, like, COVID's still here. Like, it's not just overnight. It's gone. Poof, 2021's here. But 2020 was a year, right? <laughs> I mean, I was, I've had multiple conversations about like, what would we be doing now a year ago if we knew what 2020 was, was gonna bring? How would we handle January 2020 differently than we handled uh, it last year not knowing? Because it, man, it, I don't know where you guys have been. I don't know how many people in here may have lost family members or friends or people in their hometowns. Like it's been a hard year. It's been a hard year in a, in a lot of ways, but I don't wanna dwell on that too much tonight because what I wanna do, I wanna kinda turn a little bit of a page for us because we, we could, we could uh, kinda rehash everything that happened last year, but I think the, the sense that I get, the sense that uh, those around me are, is like we're, we're ready to move. Let's move. Let's stop worrying about what has happened. Let's think about what is God going to do next, all right? And so as we... Thought about this, and so, well, let me, let me take you back to my December. I was out in Colorado for a little bit of a break, and I just started reading uh, the Gospel of Luke. And there were a couple of things that just stood out to me. I was like, you know what? I think this is what we need to do at the gather. And here's what I wanna do over the next, who knows how long this is gonna take, okay? So if you're in here for a five-week series, buckle up, all right? Um, we're gonna be, we're, it's probably the longest series that we'll ever do. But um, here's my heart for this series is that going into a new year, no matter what happened last year, good, bad, ugly, difficult, weird, strange, whatever, that we would spend the next whatever weeks studying the book of Luke together. And that we would reset our heart, we would reset our mind, we would reset our attitude according to what the Bible says and who Jesus is. Right? Not what people think he is or what people try and co-op him into being, but who is Jesus? Who is this one that we sing to? All hail King Jesus. Who is this Jesus? And so I thought, you know what? Let's just get into a gospel and let's start looking at the stories of the life of Christ. Really, in a, in a lot of ways, this whole series is an active practice of repenting of just turning our hearts and turning our minds back to Jesus. And so that's my prayer, is that every week we come to the gathering, that we would just turn our minds and our hearts back to Jesus. Because that's what it's all about. That's why we're here. So let me pray for us and then we'll get into tonight, let's pray. Lord, I wanna thank you uh, for for tonight, thank you for allowing us to be here. Thank you um, for every person that is here. God, I, I believe that you are a God that does not let accidents happen, that, that people are here for a reason. 
And God, I pray that, that, that the word that we look at tonight from you, God, that it would encourage us, that it would, it would bring us great joy. And if need be, Lord, it would convict us and move us. God, I pray that in this series, the dead would come to life. I pray that the prisoners would be set free. I pray that shame would come here to die every Tuesday night as we look into the face and into the words and the activity of Jesus. We praise things in your name. Amen. All right, so I'm assuming that you guys at some point, because I know that everyone I've talked to has agreed with this, that you have had a text come in on your phone that says something to the effect of, guess what, question mark, exclamation point, question mark, exclamation point, question mark, exclamation point. And you open, and you're like, what? Right, like, and, and depending on who it's from, you're, you're maybe assuming that you know what's happened, that, that something's about to be, you know, like you, you start and you stare at your phone and just watch the dots. You're just waiting, you're just waiting. Because what you're waiting for is, is good news. Right? You're waiting for that job interview to call you back and say, you got the job. Fellas, maybe you're asking, you're waiting for that lady to text back and say, yeah, I'm free Friday. Right? Like we're waiting for good news. Like every time we pick up our phone, we're looking for good news. And I think 2020 more than anything has shown us that we crave and we long for good news. We just like, we're, we're just waiting for it whether that's a text or an email or I don't know what, your team's doing great and you got a score update, we're just looking for good news. We're looking around at every corner. I think 2020 put a highlight on that longing for just give me some good news. Right? I think about last April, May-ish, there was a Instagram account started by a celebrity in Hollywood called the Good News network or like some good news or something like that, right? John Krasinski, Jim from The Office, for those of you who are not aware of his real name. He started this random thing in his house. I think it was some good news, S-G-N. And he just started every day because of COVID and everything going crazy. He started saying, hey, share me your good news and I'll blast it to the world. And it blew up. Everybody loved it. We, eat, we, we, we ate it up. It was so successful that CBS bought the rights from him because he was so successful, and they were like, we gotta make money off this, right? And so, just that in itself. And then you throw in the, the real world issues of waiting for that good news to find out when the vaccine would come. Are they working on it, how quickly? When's it gonna be available, to who, when, where? Like, we're longing for good news. And I think last year, like I said, put a bright spotlight on this longing that we have, whether it's just a little three dots on your phone, to answer the question, guess what? Or whether it's a vaccine, or whether it's political peace, or whether it's people actually living out their faith the way they say they should live their faith, or whatever it may be, we just want some good news. And our hearts beat for it, 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 we, it longs for good news. Christmas morning, I saw this happen. If you don't know yet, I've got lots of kids. And every present that they have on Christmas morning is good news, right? And so they're anticipating and they're waiting and they can't wait to bust out of that door on Christmas morning and go open their presents and see what good news is under the tree. But here's what I've learned over the Christmases with my children, is it takes about two days for them to start telling me what they want for their birthday. 
right? We're in a store, they're like, hey, could you put that on my birthday list? I'm like, you just had Christmas. You, ju- like, you just opened a bunch of presents. But that good news is temporary. And the good news on the other side of that text most likely is very temporary. And we're very quickly looking for the next dopamine hit of good news in the midst of a world that we know deep down is broken. That things happen that we cannot explain. That we will not be able to explain this side of heaven. We, look at, we live and we look in a world and we're just like, give me some good news. That's why I've been waiting and so excited to talk about tonight because tonight we are gonna talk about the good news that we ultimately need and that you actually want. It is a forever good news. It is not a short-term good news. It is not gonna be next week bad news. It's gonna be good news today. It's gonna be good news for your week tomorrow. It's gonna be good in 10 years from now good news and it's gonna be forever good news because it's the good news of King Jesus. So turn your Bibles to the book of Luke. Matthew, Mark, Luke, it's the third gospel. And we're gonna get into looking at this idea of good news. Because at the end of the day, all those longings that we have for good news, every heartbeat that beats a little faster when you see the text, guess what? Every one of those little nudges and desires and longings for good news is actually a whisper and a shadow of the good news you actually long for. It's just a reminder, it's like that little light on your, on your dashboard that you were born for more, that there's better news coming and it will be a forever good news. So let's look at Luke chapter two and we're gonna use Luke, this one verse, Luke 2.10 as our launching point and then we're gonna go into uh, some other parts of Luke but Luke 2.10, let me, let me set the scene for you. The nation of Israel has been waiting 400 years to hear from God. You see, the end of the Old Testament and the beginning of the New Testament is 400 years of silence from God. In the Old Testament, he would send prophets to speak to his people. And for 400 years, there's nothing. They waited 400 years. I don't know about you, but sometimes I'll say a prayer in the morning, and if by five o'clock I don't feel like he's answered, I'm like, God, are you even there? It's been like 10 hours, like what, what's happening? They've waited 400 years. And these, these shepherds are out in the field. These shepherds are actually herding and taking care of the sheep that would be the sheep that they would sacrifice for the Passover. And an angel appears. And the first words out of the angel's mouth, follow me, follow me in Luke chapter two, verse 10. He says, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. I love these starts with, do not be afraid. Because in my experience in life, when God is moving, when he is doing something, one of my first reactions is to be scared because something's going to change. He's gonna ask me to do something I don't want to do or I'm not comfortable doing or I'm, I'm not familiar with doing. But in this moment, he says, do not be afraid. And the reason they should not be afraid is because he has good news that will cause great joy and it will be for everyone. And so, what is the good news that brings great joy? This is the same word that we get from the word gospel. 
That's why when we say like, hey, let's, let's spread the good news. Let's, let's spread the gospel. Let's share the gospel. Same word. And so what is it? Have you ever asked, like, what is the good news? Like, what, like, what is he talking about? Well, before we get to the, what is the good news, let me just go off script here a little bit and tell you what is not the good news. The good news is Jesus plus anything. That is not the good news. Jesus stands alone. He is the good news. It is not Jesus plus your church attendance. It is not Jesus plus your good behavior. It is not Jesus plus political power. It is not Jesus plus everything going well for me. It is Jesus. That is the good news. I talked to a friend today and he said, who's been through a lot of pain and who is in a lot of pain right now. He said, there's a big difference between saying, if you follow Jesus, everything will go well for you, versus if you follow Jesus, you will never have regret. Because one of them says that things have to go well for me for Jesus to be real. The other says, you know what? It may not go well, and things may be difficult, but there will be no regret. You wanna live a life with no regret? Open the gift of the good news of Jesus. He is the good news. So Jesus plus any false gospel that you hear today, Jesus plus whatever is not the good news. People are adding to it for their own benefit. Jesus is the good news. And you see our enemy, the devil, he loves to hijack the good news. He loves to do it. To try and convince us that, well, if, if you have, yes, Jesus is good and all, but you also need this and this and you need to have some of this and, and then you have hope. That's not true. So let me just read for you a definition of the good news of the gospel of Jesus. The good news is that God created you and wants to have a relationship with you. That the God of the universe, the stars that you see outside, there's a God who made that and he made you and that same God wants a relationship with you. But there's this thing called sin. It's the sin of our fallen world. It's our individual sin personally that separates us from God. And therein lies the problem. But through the person and the work of Jesus Christ, his life, his death and resurrection, God fully accomplishes salvation for you. That is the good news. That's the good news that all the sin in our world will one day be made right. And all the sin in your life is forgiven because of the cross of Jesus. That is the good news. That longing that we have for a good text or just a, a funny video to, to relieve the stress and, and, and the pain of our world, that's the longing. This is what we're longing for. To be truly known and fully loved. Revelation 21, John I love this explanation of the good news, right? This is a, a prophecy of future things. He says, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth have passed away and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city of Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband and I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, 
God's dwelling place is now among his people and he will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eye. He will be, there'll be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old is gone and the new has come. He who is seated on the throne said, I am making everything, everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, it is done. He said, I am the alpha and I am the omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty, I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. Those who are victorious will inherit all of this and I will be their God and they will be my children. But for the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters and all the liars, they will be consigned to the fiery lake burning sulfur. This is the second death. Guys, this is the good news of Jesus Christ because he is the alpha and he is the omega and he is making all things new. You see what Jesus is doing here is he's ushering in a new kingdom. 400 years of silence and Jesus says, I'm here and the kingdom of God is with me. And it's a kingdom of restoration. It's a kingdom of grace. It is a, it is a kingdom of renewal and redemption. That is the good news of Jesus. That there is a God who created the stars in the heavens and he created you. He took nine months to make you. And he loves you and he wants you to be with him. And he sent his son Jesus to make sure that happens. That there be a way that you might be with him. You see from the beginning in the Garden of Eden to Revelation in the very end of the Bible. The whole arc of scripture, the whole goal is for us to be with him. That's the good news of Jesus Christ. And so let's look very quickly tonight, what does Jesus say about the good news? Because this is an angel talking, right? There's an angel talking to some shepherds, which I think is a fantastic idea that the people who heard the good news first were the outcasts of society, the filthy and the poor and the dirty, the people that were not welcome to the privileged table. That is who the good news came to first. And that's who Jesus is. When you read the story of Christ, you see him reaching out and spending time with the outcasts, with the sinners, with the people that everybody, the religious people are like, ugh. That's who Jesus spent time with. And so if you're in here tonight and you've got a past, then you're in good company because Jesus invites you in. So let's look at Luke chapter four. Flip a couple of chapters forward. And this is after the temptation of Christ. This is Jesus uh, in a synagogue. And he uh, is go about to read in front of all the Pharisees and all the religious people. And it says, he found this text. He didn't do the old, all right, God, Father, what do you want me to read? No, it says he found this text. And this is what it says. Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, to recover sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And so my first point tonight is that the good news of great joy is for all the people, the poor, the oppressed, the imprisoned. And yes, Jesus healed people and he made blind people see 
but I believe what he's talking about here is a spiritual sense of those who are spiritually enslaved to sin. I have come to set them free. I've come to make the, the chains fall off these people who have been captured by the things of this world. Like you've heard me say it once, you've heard me say it a million times, Jesus did not come to catch you in your sin. He came to set you free from the sin that has caught you. It took a long time for me to learn that, that he's about setting me free. I grew up in a church in a world where it was just shame and guilt, shame and guilt, shame and guilt. How dare you do that? How could you do that? Do you even love Jesus? And so my whole faith background was built on this idea that he's just there to catch me. Oh, shame on you. Can't believe you did that. That's not what Jesus says about the good news. Jesus himself is saying, I have come to proclaim freedom for the prisoners. And you see, this is good news for all the people because Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. No matter what has happened in your life, I know one thing is true about you because it's true about me, and that is that I have fallen short of the glory of God. God's standard, I have not met it. I am a sinner. And so the good news that Jesus says here is it's for the poor, it's for the prisoners, it's for the blind, it's for the oppressed, it's for everybody. Just like the angel said, it is good news but with great joy for all the people. And so you are not, I don't care what you've done, where you've been, what you've looked at, what you've touched, what you've thought, the gospel and the good news of Jesus is for you to set you free from the sin that has so enslaved you. So who is this good news for? Not just for everyone, but it's for those who know they have nothing to bring. It's for the poor, not just financially, but poor spiritually. It's good news for those who know, I know my sin and I got nothing. I cannot stand before the, a holy God and say, hey, here's my resume. Like the older I get, the more familiar with my sin I become. Like I know the sin that so easily entangles me. It's the blessing of getting older is it humbles you. And so it's good news to those who have nothing to bring. And God says, don't worry, Christ has paid. Come on in. But then the question that comes to my, or, or sorry, before I get to there, it's also good news for those who recognize that they are being held captive by sin. The gospel of Jesus, the good news of Jesus, that good news that you're longing for is right here, especially for those who know that there is sin that has entangled you and enslaved you. And what I mean by that is that sin that you always go back to, that you swear off of, I'm never, I'll never do it again. And you find yourself right back there. It's got you. Jesus is good news because he has come to set the captives free. And I don't know what it is for you, but Romans 16, 16, Paul says this, don't you know that whenever you offer yourselves, offer yourselves to someone as obedient slaves, you are slaves to the one you obey. Whether you are slaves to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness. And so we have to ask ourselves, what, what am I obeying? What am I doing? That will show me who my allegiance lies with. 
and maybe what has enslaved my heart and my soul and my mind. Maybe it's just simple jealousy or discontentment. Maybe it's just believing that religious activity is the good news of Jesus. Or maybe it's that cycle of comparison that constantly racks your brain that I'm not good enough as them, I don't have as much money as them, whatever that comparison trap. Or maybe it's people's opinions of you and you're enslaved to what people think of you. And it just dominates your mind. As much as you try and get it out, you're a slave to what people think of you. Or maybe you're angry because something has happened in your life that you can't explain and that anger has enslaved your mind and has turned into bitterness. Maybe it's escapism or maybe it's even apathy. Just, I don't care anymore. What's the big deal? I can't even believe that God is good, so why would he have good news? And so it's good news for those who know they are enslaved because Christ says, I have come to set the prisoners free. You see, the gospel isn't a gospel that says, hey, be good, be better, do more. It is come and surrender, I have taken care of it. That's good news. That's good news. It's news that we can't manufacture. You guys know what I'm talking about. It's that one thing that you always go back to and that you've tried everything in your willpower to overcome or to stop doing and you can't do it. Because the good news is not your willpower. The good news is Jesus Christ who came to set the prisoners free. So at this point in my lesson, I started thinking, well, why does, why does the gospel of Jesus not seem like good news to some people? Because let's, let's just be honest, it's not the Pharisees, it was not good news to them. They didn't like Jesus at all. There's people in our world, it's the, Jesus is not a good thing. And so I, I just started brainstorming, like maybe it's those who really don't think there's a problem, and so the solution's just not that big of a deal. Like sin's not, like it's no big deal. It's not hurting anybody, it's just me. I know what I'm doing, it's not hurting anybody else. And so maybe it's just an apathetic view of sin. And so the solution is not that good a news. Maybe it's that you just don't care. That, you know what, that's good for you, but I'm fine. Maybe it's just a level of apathy that you have resigned yourself to. Or maybe it's because when, when anyone talks about Jesus, all you can think about is all the things that you have to give up to follow Jesus instead of thinking all, all the things you get when you follow Jesus. Salvation, peace, comfort, that inner peace when everything's going crazy that says God is still good and he's gonna work all things out for your good. Or maybe, and I wanna be really sensitive here, maybe it's because someone else's sin has impacted you and you find yourself impacted by someone else's activity and that has enslaved you to bitterness, anger, confusion. And maybe it's not even someone else's sin. Maybe it's just the sin of the world. Something happened to you or something is going to happen to you that you cannot explain other than the fact that we live in a fallen world where tragedy happens seemingly at random. And that has enslaved you to believe that God is not good and that he has somehow forgotten you. I don't know your story. 
but I know there's people around me that I've gone to and said, how do you, how is this good news in your season of life? Knowing what's happened to you, how is this good news? And to those of you who have had other people's sin or their choices impact your life in an unchangeable way, for those of you who have had the effects of this sinful world impact your life in a way that you would have never dreamed happen, let me comfort you with a few things from the good news of the gospel of Jesus. Number one, the gospel does not minimize pain. It does not minimize pain. We saw on the screens earlier, Jesus says, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and you will find rest for your souls. You are not alone. He's inviting you in. Number two, God empathizes with your pain because it was his son that had to die because someone else, this guy, you, the world, has sinned. And so God empathizes with the loss and the pain and the suffering of someone else's choice. And so in the midst of our suffering, in the midst of our bitterness, in the midst of our anger, we take the invitation because there is a God who empathizes with you. He knows what it feels like to have lost because of someone else's activity. Not only that, but the gospel creates a path for you to live in freedom from the impact of other people's sin or this fallen world. That's what the gospel does. Jesus says, come, follow me, walk with me. There's scripture after scripture that says, hey, I will walk with you through the valley of the shadow of death. You are not alone. Matthew 28, Jesus himself says, I will never leave you. I will be with you always. In Genesis chapter 16, there's a story of this gal. Her name is Hagar. And she is put in a position because it's her job. And she gets punished because she did her job and she was told to do it by somebody else who lacked faith. And then she's the one that finds her and her newborn baby in the middle of the desert with no food and no water. And God says, I see you and I am with you. So I don't know what it is, why the good news of the gospel may not be good to you. But I would sure love to talk with you about why it actually is. Because it is good news of great joy for all the people. Next, Luke 4, 42, 43, and 44. Just a few verses later. We see Jesus, he just got done healing a ton of people. He is rocking and rolling and he is at the peak of his popularity. I mean, he's, he, it says he left to escape the people, to go pray, to be alone with the Lord, right? He's being a good Christian, having a quiet time all by himself. And it says they found him and interrupted his time with the Lord because they wanted more from him. And this is what he says. At daybreak, Jesus went out to a solitary place. The people were looking for him, and when they came to where he was, they tried to keep him from leaving. Verse 43, but he said, I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns also, because that is why I was sent. And he kept on preaching in the synagogues of Judea. My second point is that the good news of great joy is the main purpose of Jesus's life. Does he heal people? Absolutely. Does he do miracles? Absolutely. Those are all secondary to preaching the good news of Jesus Christ. This is his purpose. It is for all the people. 
and it is the purpose for which he was sent. You see, Jesus was a man on mission. He didn't look to the right or to the left. He said, I know why I'm here. And I'm gonna stop here for a few days. I'm gonna take care of some things, but I gotta keep going. Did you ever think about this? He left towns before he healed everyone. There were people still wanting. There were mothers whose children were sick, whose kid didn't get healed. But Jesus was on mission, not because he's impassionate, not compassionate. It's probably not even a word, incompassionate. But the good news is not only for you. It is for all the people. And as Christians, if Jesus' main purpose is to share the good news of the kingdom of God, then that needs to be our purpose as followers of Jesus. Preach the good news to yourself first. Guys, when was the last time, and this is an honest question, you don't need to answer out loud, but when was the last time the first thing you did when you woke up was you preached the gospel to yourself? Because if you're anything like me, the first thing I do is I pull my phone out and I start looking at the news, seeing what happened overnight, and then I think about my day and what I gotta do and probably com- complain a little bit in my head and, and you know whatever, and I get going. And we wonder why we're not excited to spread the news of the good news of Jesus, because we're not preaching it to ourselves first. When we're not doing that on a regular basis, reminding yourself that there is a God who loves you And there is a God who knows you and knows everything about you. And he still sent his son to redeem you because he wants you to be his and for him to be your God. That'll start your day off on the right foot. And you start preaching the gospel to yourself on an everyday basis. You wake up and you say, God, man, you know what I did yesterday. You know what I did last night right before I went to sleep. You know all these things, but you still sent your son to die for me. Thank you, Lord that's gonna set your whole day on a new trajectory and put you back on mission as a Christian to say, hey, I gotta figure out a way to share the gospel because it's awesome. But sometimes we forget that it's awesome because we forget the gospel. We forget that it's awesome because we forget the gospel because we're busy doing church stuff. And so we don't just stop the flow of good news. Jesus didn't wanna stop the flow. The people were like, Jesus, stay here forever and just take care of us and heal us and feed us and whatever. He's like, no, I can't. You can't stop the flow of the good news of the gospel, so we're gonna keep going. Don't let the gospel stop with you. It's not just for you. It's for all the people. But first, preach the gospel to yourself. Marinate in the good news of the grace and the mercy of God. And then all of a sudden, the people that you're around on a daily basis you'll start having that urge, like, I I gotta tell them. God, give me a way to tell them. And so to whom is this not good news? I mean, it's probably just not good news when we have gone 100% into a mission that isn't going to pan out. That the purpose of our life is our popularity or our bank account or our status or our success or what other people think of me or whatever. When the purpose of our life becomes something other than then this isn't good news because this is gonna require the purpose of your life to shift, to repent, to turn back to God and say, all right, God, you have given me through the good news of the gospel, my purpose. And then lastly, let's look at Luke 5, 27 through 32. Jesus is talking with the Pharisees here 
and they're asking him questions, and he says, Jesus answered them. He says, is it not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick? He says, yeah, I have come to call the righteous, uh, to call the righteous, not the righteous, but the sinners to repent. I have come, so he's talking about the good news. It's for all. This is the reason I was sent to go spread the gospel. And then he says, I have not come to call the righteous, but he calls sinners to repentance. You see, there's a better option than living in regret, guilt, and shame. Because that's what life outside of the good news of gospel of grace and forgiveness is. It's a, it's a life where we cycle through our sin and we cycle through our guilt and we cycle through our shame and we're sorry about it and we feel bad about it and we regret it. But we never repent from it. And that's, sorry, I didn't give my third point. It's a call to repent, not to regret. The good news of great joy is a call to repent, not to regret. Because if we're honest, guys, regret equals using God and repentance equals trusting God. When we do things that we regret and we say, God, I'm so sorry I did that, but we just keep going and we know in a day or two days or three days, we're gonna do it again. And then we're gonna say, God, I'm so sorry, will you please forgive me? And then we're gonna keep going and we're gonna do it again and say, oh God, so I'm so sorry, I feel bad I did that. You know, whatever. That's regret and it's the road of guilt and shame. And there is no life and it's a life of imprisonment to sin. And when we do that, what we're doing is we're using God's grace to make us feel better about continuing down the path that we know leads to death. We're using God when we regret. But when we step into repentance, biblical repentance, which has kind of two definitions here, but this definition is a changing of the mind. When we start changing our mind about the sin that is so easily entangles us, not we change our opinion, we change our mind. We think about it differently. We ask God to change the way we think about it. We change our mind and we change direction. We turn back to God. And so Jesus says, I have come not to call the righteous, but the sinner's to repentance, to turn. We've called them to change their mind back to God. And the great thing is, this is so cool. Romans 2, 4 says, it is the loving kindness of God that leads us to repentance. It is not the shame of God. It is not the guilt of God. It is, uh, I can't believe you did that of God. It is the loving kindness of the grace of the cross of Jesus that says, you did that for me, then I will repent. I will turn to you and I will follow you and I will fight to put this sin to death because of what you've done on that cross. It's his loving kindness that leads us to repent. It's his loving kindness that leads us to turn away from and to him. The crazy thing about being a prisoner to sin is we get so used to living in the, in, in the prison cell that it becomes very comfortable. And the door is flung wide open by the cross of Christ. He says, come on, let's go. Let's live life and life to the full. Follow me. Deny yourself. Follow me. Let's go. And if you're anything like me, my whole life, I'm like, okay, let's go. But, um, okay, all right, let's go. What? But, that, but that was, right? It's such a weird relationship we have 
with our prison cell. But Christ said he's come to set the captives free. There is an option that's better than regret, guilt, and shame. It's confession and repentance. It's being known and bringing your people alongside of you. Because if you're going alone, good luck. I mean, I tried for over a decade. Does not work. You bring it up to your people and you, you, you let your guys or your, you let your gals know this is who I am. And I wanna repent, I wanna turn back to God. I need your help to walk with me. I need you to encourage me. I need you to pray for me. I need you to ask me the hard questions. And I need you to cheerlead me on. Because the road of repentance is a road of peace and of great joy when you are free from sin. So in review, the good news of great joy for all the people is that God created you and wants to have a relationship with you, but sin has separated us from God, but through the person and work of Jesus, God has fully accomplished your salvation. And he has rescued us from judgment and has brought us into fellowship with him. Guys, that is, whew, that is amazing. That the God of this universe has given his son that you might be with him. So the good news of great joy is for all the people. It's our pardon that we joyfully embrace. It's Jesus' main purpose and it's the purpose to live for. And it's a call to repent, not regret. It's a path to follow. It's our pardon, it's our purpose, and it is our path. The good news of Jesus Christ is all-encompassing of our life. It is our pardon. We've been declared not guilty because of Christ. It is our purpose in life to share the good news, to preach it to ourselves and then share it. And it is the path where Jesus says, come, follow me, let's go. So what do we do with this? I just wanna give you four questions to ponder tonight. All right, just four quick questions. Number one, is the gospel of Jesus actually good news of great joy to you? If not, why not? When you hear the gospel, is, does it bring joy? Is it good news for you? And if not, why not? I mean, I, our prayer team's gonna be here in the front and in the back. I'm gonna be down here. I would love to, to process that with you. Why is it not good news? Number two, does the gospel create joy or guilt in your life? And why is that? It took me a long time to realize that I grew up in a tradition, because I love my home church. It's where I gave my life to Christ. But it took me a long time to realize that they used guilt and shame to get people to the cross. It was not loving kindness. And so for a long time, the gospel was not good news to me. It was, it was an obligation at best. And thirdly, what would you say is the main purpose of your life? If there was a stranger that just followed you around for seven days, they watched what you did, they listened to what you talk about, they saw where you spent your money, they saw what got you excited, they saw what got you mad, what would, after seven days, what would they say is the purpose of your life? And then lastly, is there something that you need to repent from instead of always feeling guilt and shame about? 
Is it time to stop living in regret and using God's grace as a soothing way to feel better about yourself? Or is it time to say, you know what? We're gonna make war on this in my life. I'm tired of it destroying me. I'm tired of it dominating me. And I'm ready to repent. And I'm ready to turn back to God and make war with my sin. What is it? So guys, tonight we've talked about the good news of Jesus Christ. So I wanna encourage you to take one step of obedience tonight, right there in your seats, one little step. Because here's the, here's the challenge. Just bring your need to Jesus. All you need with Jesus is need. Let me say that again. All you need is need. You have to understand who you are. and bring your need to Jesus. Maybe it's your apathy. God, just, would you just help me want to want you? Would you help me want you more than I want this? Maybe it's your pride. God, help me stop believing that I know what's best for me and trust you with what's best for me. Maybe it's an addiction that you have. Maybe it's just you're exhausted from life in the last year. Maybe it's your independence that you hold on to and say, I can't be dependent. God, help me, help me to give up my rights to myself. Maybe it's a fear that you have that is never gonna happen for you. Or maybe it's your past mistakes that have enslaved you and say, God, I need you to help me forgive myself because I know you have already forgiven me. You see, with Jesus, all you need is need. It's Jesus plus nothing. That is the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he invites you in tonight, tomorrow. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Are you angry at God? Bring it to him. Are you disillusioned with whether he's good? Bring it to him. There is no question and there is no emotion that is too big for him. He says, come on. I know you're weary from this fight that you're trying to fight by yourself. I know you're burdened by what's happened in your life and it is enslaving you. Come to me. It's not too big for him. If I'm honest, if it were me tonight, it would sound like this. God, I need your help to trust you and be patient with my future. God, I need your help in surrendering my desires to you. Show me in my life where I need to turn and trust you more. And lastly, it would, for me, Andy Rosh called me and would say, God, help me. Help me see that what I'm doing with my life matters. All you need is need and God will meet you there because he is good. And the news that he brings is one of great joy and it is for all the people. And that includes you and you and you and you and you and me. So come to him. He will not beat you up. He's not gonna rip you off. He is going to love you and walk with you and empathize and weep with you. And he is gonna walk you to a life that is full.
Guys, as always, we're gonna go into 120 seconds and it's just two minutes, that's all it is. Seems like five. Where I just want you to sit with what we've talked about tonight. Maybe it's the questions on the screen. Maybe it's just you need to bring some need to the Lord. That's what 120 seconds is for, for you just to digest for a few moments before we worship again. We're gonna have one prayer member over here and one prayer team member over here during 120 seconds if you would like to pray with somebody. After we're done tonight, our prayer team's gonna be in the back. I'm gonna be right up here in the front. Would love to pray with you and for you. So as we go into 120 seconds, let me pray. Lord, I just wanna thank you for the good news of great joy for all the people. God, thank you for your grace that you see us and you know us that you died for our sin, you pay the penalty for my sin before I was even a thought in anyone's mind. God, thank you. You're not just king, but you're my friend. You're not just one that I worship, you're one that walks with me. So God, I pray for those here tonight that this would be an encouragement, that this would be a challenge that we would stare into the good news of Jesus. We would look at the cross and remember, that's for me. That is a gift for me. He did that for me. So God, let us worship you. Let us respond to you with obedience and that we would bring our need to you. Pray these things in your son's name, amen.